It's time for JT the Brick. I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth. Here we go again. Do it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. Do something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation Unite, this would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? JT the Brick. I'm done with. We got to clean it up. Done. Clean it up is over. It's put up or shut up week. There are no rules here. Bobby insists. No rules. That's kind of a hostile work environment for me. Is it too soft? I'm salty. I'm pissed off. But I want to see some violence. The wolves are at the door. This is it. You got me? This is it. Let's stop this. Let's get to work and do your job. And now. Let's go. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on the YouTube live stream. I'm just sending out the tweet on Radio Nation Radio as um. Working from the home studio today, and we are loaded up. Big show, couple of interviews live, and want to hear from Raider fans. As Tom Telesco spoke today at the Combine in Indianapolis, we have sound from that. We'll have some immediate reaction. That is the focus of the monologue as we are brought to you by Golden Entertainment, the powerhouse that owns the Strat, Arizona Charlie's, the Laughlin Entertainment Center, all other properties around the country, and especially PT's. 64-plus locations in the Valley. Happy hours 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Lunch. A couple of my buddies listen to the show on the live stream at lunch at PT's. We greatly appreciate that. And we thank everybody who's in the live chat already as we're building a YouTube video stream. And you can see the new big, uh, brick backdrop. Got some better lighting today. And we're going to have a good show today. Uh, we'll talk to Jeff Sherman at 1245, the VP gaming analyst the great job uh, when it comes to what he does setting lines over at the westgate he'll join us at 1245 brad spielberger from pro football focus on the cap moving and we're going to go around the league with some of the teams that have cap space and not where the raiders fit in on all of that and we'll see what else we're able to do we got vinnie bonsignor booked i believe tomorrow q myers is going to join me from the combine and also levi edwards and chris powell is going to join us at one o'clock today over at the speedway He's in charge of the racetrack here in town, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. As we have NASCAR in town, we have rugby in town. Uh, The National Rugby League, I'll be on stage Thursday night on Fremont Street. Haven't been to Fremont Street in a while. I've been to Circa, but I haven't popped out on Fremont Street on the grand stage. Proud that they included me with that on Thursday night. And tonight I'm hosting a chalk talk at the Raiders World Headquarters which is keeping me busy this combine week. All right, so what are we talking about today? We lead with Tom Telesco, who spoke to the media, and there seemed to be a pretty good crowd in front of his podium there at Indianapolis. What I find most fascinating about this is how quickly life moves. If you would have told Tom Telesco last year in Indianapolis, a year ago today, at St. Elmo's Restaurant with the Giant Shrimp, hey, Tom, you're going to be the GM of the Raiders, he would have called security. And said, I got some crazy guy coming up to my table. He was the GM of the Chargers in the division with Justin Herbert, a team that everybody thought on paper was a playoff team, and now he's the GM of the Silver and Black. It shows you how quickly life changes. I was on a text message with Stephen A. Smith today. Uh, Stephen A. is a friend. He talked about changing a podcast network and what he's doing. It changes. Life changes, man. You could be on the radio one day on one channel or you're across the street on the other channel. You could be the GM and be a new GM in the division. Vic Tafer reported today on the Southwest Airlines flight to Indy. Dave Ziegler is on there with Champ Bailey. 
uh, Champ Kelly, excuse me. So if you look at what could happen here, life changes pretty quickly. Josh McDaniels last year was at the podium as the head coach for the Silver and Black. Now it's Antonio Pierce. Life moves fast. We, some of us have no idea what's going to happen next. No idea. And I've always said this, and it's the premise of my book, The Handoff. Whenever a door closes, another one opens. People are very intimidated by that in life. They, I grew up with a father who worked for the United States government as a high-end auditor accountant his entire life. It was the only job he had. He had a side business on the side doing taxes, but he went to work every day from his early 20s till he retired in his 60s at the same job. My dad never thought about changing jobs because he had a good one. He didn't have to. There are other people that want to be entrepreneurs. They want to try different things. Football moves quickly, man. It moves so fast. And what we're talking about last year at this time, it's completely different 12 months later. Think of that. It's mind-blowing. New, new GM, new head coach, looking for a new quarterback to come in. You got half the building gone, half the building coming back. You got new coaches and old coaches that are gone all in a year on a pretty good football team with the Raiders. As I've said, now you'll hear this a lot from me. The Raiders have a playoff roster, and they're a pretty good football team. I think the Raider roster from last year, if they beat the Minnesota Vikings and got into the playoffs, I think the Raiders could have won a playoff game on the road. They were playing well. They had Antonio Pierce. They had the cigar parties going. All the Raiders had to do was sneak into the playoffs and have the seventh seed or the sixth seed. They beat the Chiefs on Christmas. I'm not saying they were going to win the Super Bowl, but they could have had a puncher's chance to go and win a playoff game. And look what happened. Kansas City ran the table against the Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills on the road, the Baltimore Ravens on the road, and won in Vegas against the 49ers because they got in. They got in the tournament, just like the NCAA tournament coming up here. You know, the 64 seed's not going to win. A 12 seed's not going to win the NCAA tournament, but a 6 seed can. A 5 seed can. You got to get in the tournament to have a chance to go dancing. And that's what the Raiders have to accomplish going forward here. And it's going to be really complex and complicated. Last year it was complicated because the Raiders decided to get rid of Derek Carr and move on with Jimmy Garoppolo. Why did they take Jimmy Garoppolo? Because they weren't able to convince Tom Brady, and I think they kicked the tires, to be a Raider. They weren't able to get Aaron Rodgers because he was too expensive. I believe they missed on Baker Mayfield. You could have had Baker Mayfield here. I know the deal. I know the deal in Tampa. You could have had Baker Mayfield here. That would have worked out pretty good. So it's a difference between moving a piece in the puzzle one way to the other. It doesn't fit. Next thing you know, you got Jimmy G, who I was rooting for in a big way. You had an opportunity to have a good, good year with Jimmy Garoppolo if he stayed healthy. You were right. He gets injured all the time. He got injured. I wasn't going to go on the flagship of the Raiders and say Jimmy G is going to get hurt. <laughs> you out of your mind? I got a radio show. I'm not going to go in and say, hey, Jimmy G is going to get hurt week two or week four, but he got hurt. And the backup plan was Aiden O'Connell because we had to break the glass. We had to get him out there to play. He was prepared by Josh McDaniels and Bo Hardigree and the others to go out there and play. And he played reasonably well. And more and more Raider fans now are saying, oh, my God, Aiden might be our best option going into this season. You better believe it. If the Raiders don't get Kirk Cousins, 
and they don't get a top three draft pick, anybody they get after the top three quarterbacks that are there aren't going to be ready to play. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy aren't going to play week one. It's going to be Aiden O'Connell. So Tom Telesco's got to thread the needle if he can without being reckless and trading away the future of the Raiders and get a quarterback along with getting other pieces around the team. And those other pieces, I think that's a strength for Tom Telesco. I think Tom's background, as I talk to more and more people around the league, is he's a quiet guy. He's got a lot of connections. He doesn't wear his emotions on his sleeves. He goes to work, and he's going to make good decisions coming up here. What those decisions are, we don't know until the night of the draft, probably after the first pick. And then we're going to find out if he's on the phone looking to trade up to get to New England's pick at three, looking if he's going to trade up there to Arizona's pick, looking to see what he's going to do. We don't know. We have no idea. No one knows. Tom will not let the media know any move that he's going to make going forward, and that's the way it should be. So he's out there today, and he's meeting the media, and I thought he did a pretty good job, other than the fact that I couldn't hear the questions. Come on, Indy, clean that up. Come on, Indianapolis, put a boom mic over there. It's 2024. How the hell is the how the hell is the combine in Indianapolis still when it should be in Vegas? Imagine these GMs tonight after a day going out and heading over to Mandalay Bay, the win, uh, going down to Circus, Chef Barry, going to see J.O.D. at Virgin for dinner all over town. They got one restaurant choice that they all go to and wait in line in Indianapolis. And they don't even have a boom mic over the reporters who are asking questions. I had to go back and watch it twice because I had to jot down some notes for the show today and I couldn't even hear the questions. Come on, Indy, clean that up. Have the reporters line up raise their hand and talk into a microphone so we can hear the questions. But I thought that Tom did a pretty good job. Uh, Some of the questions first on the Raiders roster, what he inherited as he looks to go forward at the combine. I think the one thing that jumped off um, kind of doing a deeper dive is how tough a football team it was. Um, And I would say that on offense, defense, and the the kicking game. Um, But tough, resilient, and, and really committed to the process, just watching the whole situation, how the season played out from how it started and then your head coach is no longer there and then how you finished it with the new head coach. Um, but a really tough-minded, mentally tough football team. So that's that's what kind of came out the most. Um, and you're talking about both sides of the ball. Like offensively, like we have a lot of work to do. I think that's pretty easy to see. I kind of liked even watching how Aiden, Aiden O'Connell kind of handled the situation. You're talking about a guy, a rookie, first of all, coming and playing. Um, by the time he starts playing a lot, he no longer has his head coach, who is also the offensive coordinator. So it's a new offensive staff, essentially, he's kind of working with. And then we had some injuries late in the year with the left tackle and even Josh Jacobs being out, seeing how well he played late in the year. Um, but we've got a lot of work to do on offense there. And then defensively, I think a lot of it is probably from the continuity of the, playing the whole year, how well it played. And uh, what a great job Patrick Graham did with the group um, on a day-to-day basis, but then how they played on the field on Sundays and the mentality that they played with, which is a lot of what you see on defense um, and the special teams. And we have some pretty elite um, guys in that as far as long snapper, punter, and kicker, um, which is, believe me, it's great to have. So, um, but, you know, we've got work to do in all three, but I like what I saw, like, for the toughness of the football team that's there. All right, so Tom Telesco, for those who can't hear it on the YouTube feed, we're getting that. That's our next stage of uh, growing this feed. We'll get that for you. He basically talked about how tough the team is. The team is tough. This is a tough football team. It's a tough football team. It is. No one will debate that anywhere around the league. Kansas City won't debate it. 
and they won the Super Bowl. The Raiders are a tough football team. He was impressed with the way Aiden O'Connell played. I want to move up to this Josh Jacobs bite because this is the one that's trending on franchise tagging Josh Jacobs, which he won't do. He pretty much said he's not going to do that. And what will be the market going forward for the Raiders at running back? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a high-level player. Um, and I do want to establish a philosophy with the Raiders that we like to resign our own. Um, doesn't bother me that I didn't draft him. Uh, he's a Raider, and he was drafted by the Raiders. So he's a high-level player. So, um, yeah, we're going to explore pretty hard to see if we can bring him back here and kind of go from there. But he's, uh, as far as a player that, you know, running game, pass game, pass protection, um, you know, can really help you win games. All right, that's a big point. So the, the key word that everybody wants to take there is he's going to explore on how to bring Josh Jacobs back. Let, let's go and talk about the word explore. What do you got to explore? You got to explore what Josh's age and what he'll play for. We all know that the Raiders want to bring back Josh Jacobs. If they don't bring ja- back Josh Jacobs and bring in Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry, I think Raider Nation will be like, wow, we got Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley or Austin Eckler, right? I think Raider fans want to keep Josh Jacobs. We all know that to be said. So when he says we have to explore, what are you going to explore? And I've been talking about this for weeks on this broadcast. You have to explore why Josh didn't have a good year last year. You have to explore that. He missed the final four games. That's a quarter of the season. He didn't start fast, and he didn't have any big games, breakout games. He had one breakout game out of, uh, out of 17. So if you explore what Josh Jacobs did last year, you're not going to like what you see but you're going to like his toughness and leadership in the locker room. You're going to love everything about him in the community. You're going to love Josh Jacobs being a Raider. So when he says he's got to explore that, what he, I believe he means is we're going to talk to his agent. We're going to say, hey, we got this amount of money for Josh. We don't want to lowball him. We want to give him a fair market deal. We believe the market is blank. And we want to give him a signing bonus. And then we want to have the ability to rework the contract two years from now or three years from now. That's business. That's football. And that's what they're going to explore. And every team's doing that with their running backs also. So I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that's really important. Bobby, let's go to the one about the wide receivers. I think it's a pretty good wide receiver room. Uh, They'll probably find some players who are going to be the fifth or sixth wide receiver via the draft. Practice squad guys, free agents, like DeAndre Carter type guys. Near the end of his career, here's what Tom Telesco said today in Indy. Hey, with like any position, as you age, you sometimes get a little bit better at it. Right, you know, your your technique is better. A lot of times, college players um, at every position, sometimes you're so much more talented than the player you're going to play against. You, your athletic ability can just kind of take over. Because um, at the college level, you're not always playing against another pro prospect. And then you get in this league, and your ability can only take you so far. A lot of it's fundamentals and technique to try and raise that game. So um, it's not always a bad thing getting older. Uh, now, with every position, you got to try to see where the decline starts. Um, but the receiver position, you know, you can still have some success in this league just on route running, adjustment, hands, and maybe not quite as fast as you were, you know, when you're, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, but still be very, very productive. All right, so to be productive, he also said, which is trending out there from Vic, Vinny, Q, everybody who's out there, that, you know, Devontae Adams is a Raider, and they're not going to trade Devontae Adams. Is that guaranteed? It's not guaranteed. If they get an offer, they can't refuse, but Devontae's going to be here. Man, the national media really wants Devontae out of Vegas, man. The national media that's based in Bristol or New York, uh, they want Devontae as a Jet. They want it bad, and the Jets stink. The Jets stink. 
Okay, so if Devontae wants to leave the Raiders to go to the Jets and we get no indication that he wants to, the Jets stink. And the Jets would be better with Devontae and they're going to be better with their draft picks, but they're a mess. That's one of the worst offensive lines in all of football. So today was really big about Josh Jacobs, the quarterback, Devontae Adams, Tom Telesco's philosophy. We'll play the sound throughout here. But when I look at what's going to happen, and we expect Tom Telesco to take a big swing in the first round if he does, you would assume the big swing is going to be for a quarterback. It's not going to be for Marvin Harrison Jr. It's not going to be for a right tackle. I mean, he could. He could trade up from 13 to 8 or 9, and if the quarterbacks are gone, get a player that could instantly start. But uh, going on year 26 for me with the Raiders, I've sat here through every draft and played a role in every draft that the Raiders had in some form of media. And this is the year that something massive needs to happen. Massive. And I hope it's massive two ways. Number one, they get a quarterback early by trading up. Or number two, they get a player that falls to him who is elite. Remember, Tom Telesco had that luxury with the Chargers. Justin Herbert fell to him. People don't want to give Tom Telesco credit. Well, he got Justin Herbert. He fell to him. No, Tom Telesco could have traded up to get Justin Herbert. He didn't. He could have traded back and lost Justin Herbert. He got the quarterback that he wanted, who's the franchise quarterback, and probably he's definitely the second-best quarterback in the division behind Patrick Mahomes, who's clearly the best there. We spent a lot of day yesterday, and a couple people clipped what I said about Russell Wilson. If you didn't catch the show yesterday, I love Russell Wilson at the veteran minimum anywhere. I love him at Pittsburgh. I love him in Las Vegas. Anywhere where he would come in at the veteran minimum, it's the cheapest fire sale arguably in NFL history if he plays for the veteran minimum. It doesn't look like Sean Payton's going to be able to trade him. It looks like Russell Wilson's going to play hardball. Russell uh, uh, Wilson's agent should get a statue outside the combine in Indianapolis for conducting a, a contract like that where the player now will get guaranteed money from Denver, and this could really impale the Denver Broncos as we move forward here. I'm into impaling the Denver Broncos. Part of my business model here in Las Vegas is we want to sweep the Broncos every time we play them. We want to bury the Broncos. Well, finally, I don't hear everybody saying how great the Broncos are at the Combine because the Broncos don't have a quarterback. The Raiders do in Aiden O'Connell. Now, the Broncos can get a really good quarterback in Kirk Cousins, and that would be a good fit for them or Baker Mayfield. And Sean Payton has the gravitas and the connections to go talk to free agent quarterbacks and get them going. But if Gardner Minshew goes to Denver, I'm not worried about playing Gardner Minshew, even though he seems to know and have the Raiders number like Nick Mullins over the years. But you got to play Gardner Minshew, and you got to beat him. So for the Raiders at quarterback Josh Jacobs today, the show should be about Josh Jacobs today. Because Josh has been through a lot. He has. He's been through a lot here the last couple of years. The fact that he was going to be franchise tagged and wasn't, he held out last year because he could. He got injured at the end of last year, and now everybody's asking the GM. Everybody's asking the GM about Josh Jacobs. It's not easy to handle. I mean, when you're a multimillionaire and you're making that much money, you can handle it. But every day, Josh Jacobs wakes up. He doesn't know what his future looks like. But I'm sure Antonio Pierce is going to do everything he can to get out there and try to bring him back at a cap-friendly deal, not a Raider-friendly deal. The cap has gone up. The franchise tag has gone up. 
And our takeaway today in Indianapolis at the Combine is no team around the league is going to pay and put a franchise tag on a running back. No one's going to go out there and make a move to do something like that because you just don't have to do that anymore at the running back position. You got to do it at right tackle. You got to do it at some of the other positions along the way. So I think that is really important going forward on what's going to happen. We have some Ian Rappaport sound from a little bit later on in the show I want to get to, not only on that position, but some of the other positions that are there. So the Combine, if you like to go to Indy, enjoy it in Indy. We'll talk to our insiders here. If you want to get through to me, uh, the best way to do it is get on the phone, 702-365-9200. For the fans who are up to speed with Tom Telesco, call in. And again, if you're on our YouTube feed, you have to listen to the app. You have to listen to the radio before we can get the audio into the show, especially when I'm from home. The great Chris in West Oakland chimes in as he jumps in to kick off the show. Hello, Chris. Great, JT. How you doing? Hey, one quick question before I get into my phone call. I thought the original plan when the stadium was built in Inglewood was that was going to be the NFL headquarters and they were going to host combines there. Am I on ba- off base or was that once the original plan? Yeah, I think that was the plan with NFL Network and the combine to use it there, but the contract with Indy and they, everybody seems to like Indy. Everybody likes Indy, so I think Indy's going to play a part in there, but I think just like the NFL draft, Chris, and everything else, well, it should be on a rotative rotation basis, but these teams are very comfortable with their organizations, their hotels, their connections being in Indy every year. Well, with all due respect, I don't know who in the hell would rather go to Indianapolis in February <laughs> as opposed to Southern California, but that's right. another topic. Um, so, okay, listen, let's talk real quick here. Josh Jacobs and, and the Raiders. I really don't care, JT, uh, if they – I won't say this. Let me, let me rephrase this. Josh Jacobs has been a great guy, been a great Raider. You can bring him back with a cap-friendly deal – that's fine. But at the end of the day, running backs are not that important. And if we don't get Josh Jacobs, I don't want Saquon Barkley. I don't want Derrick Henry. I don't want a team and an offense built around a bell cow running back that has to carry the ball, you know, 30 times a game. That's not the way you win in the NFL in 2024. In a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, that's not how you're going to take down the champions. Now, if you can get a guy like Jacobs at a cap-friendly or a team-friendly deal, I'm all for it. But the last 13 years, JT, the only the only NFL leading rusher that's had a victory in the playoffs was Christian McCaffrey this mm-hmm. year. And he's not your true bell cow back. They do so many different things with McCaffrey out of the backfield. He's not like a Derrick Henry. So, again, if it works out with Josh Jacobs, that's great. If not, go somewhere and get your money. I wish the kid absolutely nothing but the best. But this offseason has to be about one thing and one thing only getting that stud young quarterback of the future. They're out there, JT. We might not have another chance in the next five or ten years with the with the tradable assets the Raiders have, the amount of young quarterbacks that are out there. We have to go get one of these guys. That's priority one for this franchise. All due respect to Aiden O'Connell, if he's even in the conversation going into training camp as the starter, the Raiders are in trouble and they're not going to take down the Chiefs. They need to find one of these. I don't care if you think it's Drake May, if you think it's Daniels, if you think it's Caleb Williams. You have to roll the dice to set the quarterback position up for the next 10 or 12 years because you're not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West with the revolving door of quarterbacks. Now, Mm -hmm. you want to go get a veteran? I'm okay with it while you groom a young guy. I would much rather have 
Russell Wilson, even Baker Mayfield and Aiden O'Connell. But I want Williams, May, Daniels, who whoever's paid a lot more money to evaluate the guys, that's their job. But they've this is a big opportunity, JT. You're right. This is a huge, huge offseason. If we want to compete in the AFC West, and I don't talk about beating the Chiefs once in a regular season, sneak into a wild card. To have a bona fide opportunity to be that playoff team year in and year out, it starts at the quarterback position. 11 of the 14 quarterbacks in the playoffs this year were first-round draft choices. One was a second, one was a third, and Brock Purdy, who's surrounded by a phenomenal roster. Go get the quarterback and then worry about everything else. But teams, I'm worried about Pierce in one respect. He talks about wanting to be a running team, bringing in Tom Coughlin. This isn't the Giants of 07. This is a different league today. And if your philosophy is we're going to be a running football team, I think you're already putting your franchise behind the eight ball. Go get that quarterback. They're out there. You have the assets. I got faith in Telesco because he drafted Herbert. I think he'll get the guy we need. I'm sure hoping so, JT, because I don't want to keep having this conversation every year. Who's the quarterback going to be? Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate everything you said there. But the next time you call the great Chris in West Oakland, you got to have a plan on who this so-called great quarterback, Chris, is that you want. Okay? Because you're not getting the number one pick overall unless you give up everything in the future. You will have no more drafts in Las Vegas if we go get Caleb Williams, who I love. And I think Caleb Williams, you got to give up three first-round picks. So the next time anyone calls in, I have a new rule because of Chris in West Oakland, who's as good as anybody. Be specific on the quarterback you want. I can have a conversation with Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy and Michael Bennix Jr. I think you can get those guys at 13. Well, you might have to move up just a little bit. But if you want to get Jaden Daniels, you're going to have to give up two first-round picks. And if you want to do it, then make it clear. This is how this is going to work going forward. There's no dream scenario. Well, I want this guy. I want the greatest. No. How are you going to get him? You don't think Tom Telesco understands that? He does. He has to go to Mark Davis, and he has to sit down and say, Mark, this is the time. I can go get you one of the top three quarterbacks. You got to give me permission to go out there, or at least a nod, yes, to go and give up two years of the Raiders draft to do it. If I went back in the hot tub time machine and we could give up Damon Arnett and we can give up Clee Farrell and we can give up Jonathan Abram and we can give up all those guys, those first round picks and take three of them and move up and get a quarterback, I would do it all day long. But you can't do that now. That's past news. It's going to be super expensive to go do this deal. Super expensive. And I'm not an analogy guy. I, I don't like analogy radio. You get the analogist in the morning. Everybody has a list. I was going to do a list today, but I chose not to. I was going to do the list on my top eight quarterbacks. Top eight quarterbacks who the Raiders should get. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll break the rule because it's the dead zone of sports radio, and I'll do a list. But things are expensive in life. A lot of people settle on a home. They settle on a car. They settle on college. I'll give you an example. Reno's a really good school. Reno's a really good school. You can get a great education at UNR. You can. I wanted my kids to go away from home. I didn't want them to go to high school 13th grade. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I wanted my kids to get out of Vegas and go to college somewhere else. It's expensive. Yeah, I think they both could have got into Reno blindfolded. It's a good school. Could have did that. I wanted something different for them. I'm different. You know, cars are not my big thing. I'm not a big car guy. 
but I like certain luxuries. I like vacations. So I spend more money on my vacations than I do on my cars. But if you want a quarterback, you got to spend at the highest level. And the good part about this is Mark Davis has the revenue now. Las Vegas is exploding with revenue so the Raiders don't have any money problems like they had in Oakland. The financial problems in Oakland were significant because of suites, season tickets, all of that. It was a disaster. It was never relevant other than when they opened the Coliseum initially. Once it got to the 2000s, the Oakland Coliseum did the Raiders nothing other than provide a great atmosphere for a game and an unbelievable tailgate, the best I've ever been, but it didn't help the Raiders go get free agents. Now the Raiders have a revenue stream, and they have the money coming in, and they have no state taxes for players to come here. And you can get a house that's $8 million in L.A. for 4.1 here or 2.9 and have a good time. You got to convince the players to play in Vegas. And in order to do that, they got to feel like they're going to get a ring. And if they could get a ring, they'll come here. What concerns me doesn't scare me. What concerns me is Kansas City's got an unbelievable recruiting tool that Las Vegas has never had. Come to the Chiefs for a three-peat. You're a a safety. You're a backup offensive lineman. You're good. Come play with us. We might be the greatest team all time. I just watched part of the dynasty of the Patriots. Man, that bothered me on Apple TV. That really bothered me. I watched the dynasty, and... God, we were close to the Patriots. We were better than the Patriots. We were better than the Patriots in the tuck rule. If you watch the dynasty on Apple TV, the broadcasters, the players said, wow, the Raiders are coming. It didn't snow all year, all year. The one time they had a blizzard, the Raiders had the lead in the fourth quarter. And if the Raiders would have beat the Patriots, led by John Gruden, they would have went to the AFC championship game. They were clearly better than Pittsburgh. Could have won a Super Bowl. They lost that game, and the Patriots became a dynasty, and the Raiders had a better roster. It changes quickly. you got to be in the hunt, and now we have to worry about Kansas City. Kansas City's going for a three-peat. That's the monologue. We appreciate everybody listening, especially the DeCastaverde Law Group. They're at Tivoli Village. They have multiple offices here in town. The brothers have your back. Let the brothers take you and win your case and do a great job. If you get into an accident... 702-222-9999. Live from my home off the mean streets of Summerlin. Happy to be home today from the home studio. It's a privilege during the Combine to host from Vegas on the flagship of the Silver and Black. See, I guess the one thing I'll say is this is like there's really no consensus boards, at least since I've been in the league, there isn't. Um, you got 32 different teams that look at things 32 different ways. So our ranking may be different than other rankings. So I don't know if there's necessarily a top three and a next two or a next three. Um, I'm not going to go down my list with you now, but I don't even really have a list at this point right now. So um, we'll work through it like we do all the other positions. Um, but like, there's one thing. You can, like, there's just not a consensus of like what the ranking is. It's gonna be a little bit different for everybody depending on what you're looking for. Turn it up. The boys are back in town in Indianapolis. A lot of our colleagues are working there, providing content. Uh, most of the sound you'll hear today is from Tom Telesco as he had his podium session in Indianapolis, uh, describing what the Raiders need to do and what they can do. It can only give you so much. We've seen Dave Ziegler do it, Reggie McKenzie, all the GMs in the past. 
They're going to tell you a lot of times you sit down with them at the NFL owners medium uh, meetings. That's a better scrum where you can get some more out of. But Tom Telesco is new to the Raider Nation. I thought he did a nice job today. I enjoyed his content today. He told me about Josh Jacobs as they're going to explore opportunities with him. Basically said Devontae is going to be here. They're not trading Devontae and the importance of the evaluation of the quarterback and what they have to do. But everybody's going to judge Tom Telesco with his first pick. They're going to. And they do that. And we've had former GMs here. You know, I thought Mike Mayock made a couple of good picks, but he also drafted Damon Arnett, who got caught with drugs again. I mean, how did, how did nobody see Damon Arnett coming? Can, can I throw that out here because it's in the past? Really? Like, no one sat down with Damon Arnett and said, whoa, whoa, not this dude. And what, what was a 15-minute sit-down like with Damon Arnett? And what this guy has become a constant police blotter, former first-round pick. So good character guys. You want to take good character guys. No one goes into the draft looking for bad guys. But the due diligence is pretty important here going forward on who the Raiders are going to bring in. And the quarterback, I don't know the quarterbacks well. Jaden Daniels went to college with my son over at Arizona State before he transferred to LSU and got a Heisman. He was at the cigar party in the locker room. You know, he was invited to the cigar party. He knows Antonio Pierce well. I'm good with that. It seems like Drake May, from the little I've seen, seen more on film from him than I've seen in games, he looks exactly like Sam Darnold to me. I mean, really, if they walked in a room in a bar, they walked into PTs, I wouldn't know if it was Sam Darnold or Drake May. Sam Darnold, I wouldn't call him a bust. He's pretty close to a bust. He's a backup quarterback in this league. Supposed to be a 10-year franchise quarterback. And Caleb Williams... For our new audience, I'll say it again, is the greatest quarterback talent I've ever seen since Andrew Luck and Mahomes. The best. Number one. Because of what he can do outside the pocket, his legs, his arms. I was lucky to be at his first ever game at Oklahoma. He threw six touchdowns. I looked at my wife and son and said, oh my God. I felt like I was looking at Patrick Mahomes. So I'm really sold on him, but he's going to be very expensive to go out and get. And that's a big part of this. How much you got to give up? And then Penix. You know, my buddy Tori from Remy Martin, one of my best friends, a big, big Washington Husky fan, along with Lincoln Kennedy, my friend Warren Moon. I've talked to all of them. They love Penix. I like Penix, too. I just don't want to see the kid get hurt. If he has another knee injury or shoulder injury, that's concerning to me. He's a little bit up there in age with Bo Nix, but the maturity's fine. I like Penix a lot. I watched him play in that big game here, the final ever Pac-12 game, and I thought he was really exciting there. Very exciting there. Houston is out in Los Angeles listening to the flagship on the mobile app. Go ahead. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Hopefully everybody's doing well. Um, I I just want to say really quickly, like, two things. Um, Mm -hmm. The the reason why I gravitated to the Raiders and, and at an early age is because I'm from Los Angeles, and I was always going for USC. Both of my big sisters mm-hmm. graduated from from USC, so I used to be in that union at USC playing video games, and then banging on my sister's classroom door for more quarters. And I'm, I'm talking way back in like 1981, and so I was a Marcus Allen fan, and mm-hmm. the Marcus Allen, and my and I was like 11 years old. My mom. Uh, I, uh, uh, I was like, my mom said, Houston, there's going to be a new team coming to Los Angeles. And then I said, well, you know, I don't like these Rams, 
the 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 helmets don't even match the blue on shoulder pads. It's two totally different blues. They don't even look cool. It's something about them. And then 49ers, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And then I said, where is Oakland? I thought it was in New York. Mm-hmm. I was so uneducated when in regards to it. She told me Oakland is in California, and I saw that silver and black man, and I saw those rebels and their personality, and I just, I just gravitated to it. And it's, it's just a little like me. I'm 16 years sober, but nice. I used, to, I used to work at UPS. I was a supervisor mm-hmm. over the drivers, and right. um, you, you, you know, you got get a little caught up. But then I learned my lesson. You know, I had to, mm-hmm. I got a DUI. But then after that, I said no more. So that now Good. I work for Housing Authority in LA. And nice. I'm one of the top sprayers uh, when it comes to paint, you know. But mm-hmm. it's just the rebel rouser attitude. Now, to answer the question about the QBs, I like Caleb Williams because I've seen him all the time. Okay, but you can't get him. You can't get him unless you trade three first-round picks. So I got to wrap it up. Give me the quarterback. I got a guest coming up. I need your quarterback. Okay, no problem. I say we pick offensive linemen first for protection. Then we swoop back in the draft and we pick up Penix. Okay, Penix will be gone. Thanks for the phone call. Penix will be gone. If you want to take an offensive lineman at 13 and sweep back in, Michael Penix Jr. will be gone. Everybody wants quarterbacks. The first three out of four are going to come off the board with Marvin Harrison Jr. And then there's going to be a race to get J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, and Bo Nix. If you want to wait to get one of those guys, if you'd like to wait, then that quarterback doesn't mean that much to you. Again, I mentioned the dynasty, the story on Apple TV of the Patriots. They took Tom Brady in the sixth round. If they wanted him badly, they would have traded up in the sixth round to get him, or they would have got him in the fifth round. They had no interest in Brady. None. He was the best player available on their board, and they brought him in as a fourth-string quarterback. The Raiders can't bring in a new quarterback to be a third-stringer. He's got to be a starter. Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate, gambling content, coming up next. From what I've seen, he's a very good player. Um, he has size, he has speed, he has some nice vision, has some production late in the year. Um, but the way we're going to play and the way a lot of teams play is you need more than one back. And I don't really see a lead back type thing. you got to have more than one. You need to have two. You need to have three. Um, they all have different roles with the team. Uh, the way this game's played, it's, it's hard to do uh, just to put that all in one person. I'm not concerned by that a bite from Tom Telesco today that he doesn't see a lead back. Well, Josh Jacobs is a lead back, everybody. Take it for what it's worth. we got Zamir White. And there'll be another uh, running back coming in. You look at Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah, the depth that this team's had over the last couple of years in the backfield. They're going to carry backs. At times, I thought we carried too many backs who didn't touch the ball and played special teams, but the Raiders cared about special teams, and those guys made the team. We'll get back to that. Jeff Sherman joins us, uh, the great Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate, VP of Risk Management. So, Jeff, good to talk to you. I've been dying to ask you about NBA totals and uh, futures going forward with Minnesota and Oklahoma City tied with the same record in the Western Conference, man. What was the value on those teams and how have they changed recently? Yeah, well, those teams have definitely surpassed expectations. You're looking at them in the uh, 50s if you look at live totals now. They're each 18-1 to for the title. They're still outside the top four teams. We have four teams in single digits for the title. 
Right now, Boston's putting a lot of separation between themselves and everybody else from a power rating standpoint. But Minnesota and Oklahoma City, if they can, uh, you know, they got Denver and, and the Clippers ahead of them, and those teams have experience, and, and uh, it'll be tough for these younger teams to get past that, but they're right there competitive with them. Tell me what you have with the Clippers here. I like everything they're doing. I'm very critical of the Clippers. Much better home team than road team here. They've won six out of their last ten, but I like their differential and points. I like their rotation, and Harden seems to be under control in Los Angeles. Yeah, after that rough start when uh, they first traded for Harden, they've really got things together. They're, they're sitting as a third favorite at 5-1 to one for the title right now, right behind Denver in the West at 9-2, to two, so... Um, you know, they're they're going to be vying for it. And a lot of people like them as a title favorite. People saying that they're have them power rated number one. I, I mean, I still have Boston, but mm-hmm. the Clippers with, uh, you know, their starting unit plus some depth. You have Norman Powell, who's vying for sixth man of the year right now. So they have a lot of depth on this team, too. So we expect them to be there at the end. Jeff Sherman joins us. Jeff, you know there's liability always in Vegas with the Lakers and the Warriors with all the winning they've done in the past. The Lakers are currently the nine seed. The Warriors are the ten. I think they're both safe to have those seeds. They might jump higher. Dallas would be in the play-in tournament, too, with Luka. You have some of the best players in all of basketball. All of basketball is the eight, nine, ten seed. Luka Doncic, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry – here and are they just not playing that hard is it more about injuries and do they care much about their seating going forward well it has been a lot of injuries for all those teams that you mentioned but it's also what the nba is now you know it used to be so top heavy but now so many teams it's tough to win night in and night out and you can't take a night off and some of these teams have been doing that golden state got off to a tough start they've rebounded you know ever since they got draymond green back and we've seen a lot of support for Golden State too. They were as high as eighty to one for the title. They're down to thirty to one. But you're right. There's, you're going to have some of these teams that are going to be one game away from being eliminated and not making the playoffs. Jeff Sherman joins us, VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate. I encourage everybody to go to the sharpest casino sportsbook in town. Always has been. It will always remain that way. Jay Cornegate, Jeff Sherman, proud partners of us here when they come on. So I'm, my level of concern now for the Golden Knights. Scale of 1 to 10 is a 5. It was a 0 and a 1 for most of the year here. But now the Avalanche, the Jets, the Stars, and the Canucks are ahead in the Western Conference there. Future odds for our Stanley Cup champs, VGK. Yeah, they're all the way out to 14 to 1 right now. And uh, going through a tough stretch and hoping to get some players back. But the one thing with Mark Stone being out for a while, it's going to be interesting with the trade deadline because now they have some cap maneuverability and to see if they add someone in and they can bring Stone back for the playoffs, if they can make it, Uh, which, you know, they did that last year, the same situation, and allows them to exceed the cap during playoff time. Uh, Jeff, let's move to MLB Futures as a Yankee fan, and Stanton's almost done with that enormous contract. I think he's going to play for a contract year for my Yankees. You have Stanton, Judge, and Soto in the middle of that lineup. That's a really good lineup, but I know the Orioles are a team that people watched last year. The Diamondbacks, as we go to the National League, shocked the world. The Dodgers have uh, Otani and a really good pitching staff. Give me some future odds that, uh, odds that jump out to you with baseball. Well, we have the Dodgers at plus 325 as a strong favorite, wow. followed by Atlanta 11-2 and then your Yankees at 9-1. to And as you mentioned about Soto and Judge, they're co-favorites for the AL MVP each at 5-1. to uh, And then we have Garrett Cole, a 4-1 to favorite for the AL Cy Young. So the Yankees being third choice, 9-1, to warranted based on the uh, player odds. 
Uh, let's move to the PGA and live, which is one of your expertise. I, I, I'm just having a tough time, Jeff, following it. I think Rom is chirping more than ever. And when you put up odds for a live event and then right behind it, you put it up for a PGA event. Can you tell us a little bit of, as close as you can about the difference in the handle bec- uh, between the PGA and live? Oh, the PGA is getting five to six times the handle okay. that live gets on a weekly basis. And, you know, even getting ROM over there, it hasn't done much. We did get some good handle for the local tournament in Las Vegas, but mm. now they're playing in Jetta this week. And the interesting news out of that is Anthony Kim's return to professional golf. He's, been away for many years and he's 250 to one this week to win which uh seems low but you know there's a lot of uncertainty we'll see what happens and how his game is and that's an interesting dynamic but john rom the favorite there 11 to 2 you know the one thing you get with live every week it's pretty much the same pool of golfers pga mm-hmm. has a different pool this week they're playing in florida it used to be the honda classic it's the cognizant classic rory McIlroy is an eight to one favorite and then you have a large gap next golfer cameron young at 25 to one so variability on the PGA Tour, not so much on the Live Tour. And lastly, the future odds of Rahm at the Masters, considering he doesn't have really any tune-up events. He's playing in shorts with DJs. That's not the focus that your normal golfers and legends have coming in to Augusta in April, which is right around the corner. Yeah, he's sitting at 10-1 to right now, and Mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me to see him uh, creep up to 12-1 to range. He hasn't been supported too well ever since he's gone to the Live Tour, and in all the majors. So the live guys don't get nearly as much as if they were playing on the PGA Tour. Thank you, Jeff. Continued success. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Okay, thanks, JT. That's Jeff Sherman as we go around the world to gambling. Uh, Jeff comes on. He's a bookmaker, VP of risk management, but he tells us what's happening in the market, which is really important for gamblers who are out there. 60 Minutes just did a piece on gambling. Saturday Night Live. Did you see the Saturday Night Live uh, piece on gambling and sports apps? It was brilliant on how you can bet on your friends who are degenerate losers and how long it will take for them to lose everything. It was aggressive. I would encourage everybody to go back and watch Saturday Night Live from last week. It was one of the more aggressive Saturday Night Lives in a decade. And the bit that they did on gambling and sports apps, that's going to stand the test of time. It was one of their better ones there. If you're going to gamble in town, bet with your wallet, not with your head. Your head will tell you to bet on everything. Bet where you could win. And in sports gambling, even the professionals aren't great at it. So if you're going to bet on sports, pick your shot and take your shot. Don't feel like you got to bet on everything. That hour flew by. Brad Spielberger will join us next. And Chris Powell coming up from the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I don't want you to miss that also.